Good morning and welcome to Overeaters Anonymous, a vision for you big book study. My name is Sylvia F. and I'm a recovered compulsive overeater. I'm in upstate New York this week. Today is Wednesday, August 9th, 2017. Today we are reading in the big book. We're on page 82, the second paragraph, which starts with, if we have no such complication, we're going to read through three paragraphs ending with the, the sentence, patience, tolerance, and love, and we'll be commenting on all three. Today's readers are, on the 12 steps, I have Sim M. On the 12 traditions, I have Karen T. And today's readers are Elaine B. and Christine M. The reference number for Tuesday, August 8th, 2017, the 10 a.m. meeting on Eastern Time is 10250, 10250. And the share ID for Wednesday, this morning's meeting, August 9th at 7 a.m. is 10253, 10253. Overeaters Anonymous is a fellowship of individuals who, through shared experience, strength, and hope, are recovering from compulsive overeating. We welcome everyone who wants to stop eating compulsively. There are no dues or fees for members. We are self-supporting through our own contributions, neither soliciting nor accepting outside donations. OA is not affiliated with any public or private organization, political movement, ideology, or religious doctrine. We take no position on outside issues. Our primary purpose is to abstain from compulsive eating and compulsive food behaviors and to carry the message of recovery through 12, the 12 steps of OA and to those who still suffer. Our sole purpose, OA's fifth tradition states, each group has but one primary purpose, to carry its message to the compulsive overeater who still suffers. At a Vision for You Big Book study, our message is that people who suffer from compulsive overeating can recover through abstinence and the practice of the 12 steps and 12 traditions of Overeaters Anonymous. I will now ask Sima M. to read the 12 steps. Sima? Star one, Sima. Hi, this is um, Karen R. I was from North Carolina, and I was asked to do the 12 steps. Uh, Hello, this is Sima. Um, Can I be heard? Wait, we have oh, Sima. Uh, there. Okay. Yes, thank you. Thank you for your okay. service. Sima, go ahead. I was having trouble getting unmuted. This is Emma M. from New Jersey, grateful compulsive overeater living in recovery. One, we admitted we were powerless over food, that our lives had become unmanageable. Two, came to believe that a power greater than ourselves could restore us to sanity. Three, made a decision to turn our will and our lives over to the care of God as we understood him. Four, made a searching and fearless moral inventory of ourselves. Five, admitted to God, to ourselves, and to another human being the exact nature of our wrongs. Six, we're entirely ready to have God remove all these defects of character. Seven, humbly asked him to remove our shortcomings. Eight, made a list of all persons we had harmed and became willing to make amends to them all. Nine, made direct amends to such people whenever possible, except when to do so would injure them or others. Ten, continued to take personal inventory when we were wrong, promptly admitted it. 11, thought through prayer and meditation to improve our conscious contact with God as we understood him, praying only for knowledge of his will for us and the power to carry that out. 12, having had a spiritual awakening as the result of these steps, we tried to carry this message to compulsive readers and to practice these principles in all our affairs. Thank you. Thank you. I will now ask Karen T. 
to read the 12 traditions. Karen? Hello, can I be heard? Yes. Hi, this is Karen T., a grateful, recovered, compulsive reader in, from New Orleans. The 12 traditions. One, our common welfare should come first. Personal recovery depends upon OA unity. Two, for a group purpose, there is but one ultimate authority, a loving God as he may express himself in our group conscience. Our leaders are but trusted servants. They do not govern. Three, the only requirement for OA membership is a desire to stop eating compulsively. Four, each group should be autonomous except in matters affecting other groups or OA as a whole. Five, each group has but one primary purpose, to carry its message to the compulsive overeater reader who still suffers. Six, an OA group ought never endorse, finance, or lend the OA name to any related facility or outside enterprise, lest problems of money, property, and prestige divert us from our primary purpose. Seven, every OA group ought to be fully self-supporting, declining outside contributions. Eight, Overeaters Anonymous should remain forever non-professional, but our service centers may employ special workers. Nine, OA as such ought never be organized, but we may create service boards or committees directly responsible to those they serve. Ten, Overeaters Anonymous has no opinion on outside issues. Hence, the OA name ought never be drawn into public controversy. Eleven, our public relations policy is based on attraction rather than promotion. We need always maintain personal anonymity at the level of press, radio, films, television, and other public media of communication. Twelve, anonymity is a spiritual foundation of all these traditions, ever reminding us to place principles before personalities. Thanks for letting me do the service, and I pass. Thank you, Karen T. How our meeting works. Our meeting focuses on the directions for recovery described in the Big Book of Alcoholics Anonymous. We read a paragraph or two from the literature, then stop and share on what was read. Anyone can share, but we ask that you keep your sharing to the topic and literature we are discussing and that you keep your share to approximately three minutes. Singleness of purpose reminds us to identify as compulsive overeaters only. Our abstinence requirement for moderators is one year and for readers is six months. There is no abstinence requirement for sharing on topic. This meeting does request that your sharing be directly linked to what was read. We are sharing what the directions in the big book mean to us. To share, press star one to unmute. Once you are done sharing, let us know by saying pass and then press star one to mute your phone. In order to have a quiet meeting, everyone's phone except the speaker should be muted. Today, we resume our study of the big book on page 82. It's the second paragraph, which starts with, if we have no such complication. We're gonna read through three paragraphs, ending with patience, tolerance, and love. And we'll be, we will be commenting on all three paragraphs. And I will ask Elaine B. to begin reading. Thank you very much for your service, Sylvia. Elaine B. recovered in Massachusetts. If we have no such complication, there is plenty we should do at home. Sometimes we hear an alcoholic say the only thing he needs to do is to keep sober. Certainly he must keep sober, for there will be no home if he doesn't but he is yet a long way from making good to the wife or parents whom for years he has so shockingly treated. Passing all understanding as the patients, mothers, and wives have had with alcoholics. Had this not been so, many of us would have no homes today, would perhaps be dead. The alcoholic is like a tornado roaring his way through the lives of others. Hearts are broken. Sweet relationships are dead 
affections have been uprooted. Selfish and inconsiderate habits have kept the home in turmoil. We feel a man is unthinking when he says that sobriety is enough. He is like the farmer who came up out of the cyclone cellar to find his home ruined. To his wife, he remarked, don't see anything the matter here, Ma. Ain't it grand the wind stopped blowing? Yes, there's a long period of reconstruction ahead. We must take the lead. A remorseful mumbling that we are sorry won't fit the bill at all. We ought to sit down with the family and frankly analyze the past as we now see it, being very careful not to criticize them. Their defects may be glaring, but the chances are that our own actions are partly responsible. So we clean house with the family, asking each morning in meditation that our Creator show us the way of patience, tolerance, kindness, and love. The spiritual life is not a theory. Oops, I'm moving on too far. <laughs> this is so, um, so happy to share on this. I can completely relate <laughs> to these paragraphs. Of course, the whole book I can relate to. I am one of us. <laughs> Abstinence is not enough. You know, putting down the food was not enough. I did have a long period of abstinence during which I was taking a slow journey into the steps that left me in step four um, for many years, too many years. I'm very grateful to have found a, a, a quicker way to thoroughly do these steps and practice these principles in all my affairs. Before I did that, the food needed to do more convincing. So... My husband, who's actually the one who told me about OA to begin with, he said to me, I wonder who you are underneath all that. And he meant the extra 100-plus pounds of weight that I was I was carrying. We didn't get married for a long time, and uh, it was our engagement that prompted me to come back into the rooms of OA and, and lose that weight and, and start that slow journey through the steps. But then, thank God, um, four years ago, I found a vision for you and found the quick way because by that point in time, I was roaring my way through the house. I was a tornado. And, you know, my husband said to me, you've taken on another lover. And he was right. It was the food. I don't know how many boxes of Valentine's Day, um, you know, hearts I bought for myself, had them hid all over the house. I don't know how many I ate. I had food hidden everywhere. I had opened Pandora's box um, because everything was lighting up to me, you know, other another man and I just everything it was awful um I I was really bad and I was convinced and I got the desperation I needed to get through these steps and get through step nine which is this is this is hard stuff you know we need to clean house with the family we need to um we need to sit down and talk to them exactly what we've done uh the way we now see it and and not to criticize them. We're looking at our part. We need to make amends for our part. We need to recognize how we've been selfish and inconsiderate. And you know what? When I first made amends to my husband, I, I did the best I could knowing what I knew. And in the past four years, more has been revealed. I didn't even really recognize some of the selfish ways I had or the inconsiderate ways I had, but I recognize them today. And I was given a prayer to pray to help uh, with my with my husband and my family. And it takes one sentence from the previous page on page 82 that um, uh, that we pray about uh, having the other person's happiness uppermost in my mind. And then the last sentence from this reading that we asked um, 
in our morning meditation that our Creator show us the way patience, tolerance, kindness, and love. And doing that every day has brought my marriage to that page 100 promise better than anything I could have come up with myself. And I'm so grateful. With that, I pass. Thank you for the opportunity to do service. Thank you, Elaine B. I'm now going to be taking a list for who would like to share on these three paragraphs. Suji. Karen T. Karen T. Who else? Kristen R. Suji. Uh, yes, I got you, uh, Suji. Thank Kristen. you. Is this Christine or Kristen R? Kristen. Kristen R. Who else would like to share? Let's get a list. Anyone else? Okay. Kathleen we'll O. Suji. Kathleen O. I knew that there were people out there waiting. <laughs> okay. Suji, Karen T, Kristen Sorry, R, Suji. Kathleen O. Okay, I got you, Sherry. And then Sherry KB. Suji, go ahead and start. Karen T, you're after. Thank you. Good morning. This is Suji, recovered by the grace of God in Michigan. Um, you know, I read this and I, my tornado started, the tornado that I caught started long before I, um, not long, but probably five years before I got into OA at all. And the tornado, when the, when my girls went away to college a year apart, things settled down a lot. And I thought, oh, how nice the wind has stopped. And I I didn't realize what I had left behind, the mess that was still here. And um, it took me a long time to stop blaming um, others for the tornado in my life because I didn't realize I was sick, um, emotionally and mentally sick, and had nothing to do with with the food, although I, I I turned to food out of unhappiness and um, a lot of reasons. Um, and it took me a long time to realize that um, when I made, okay, let me reverse this. When I made my amends to my husband and my children, I made sure that even though I was gritting my teeth the first time I made amends to them, um, that I was still thinking, but it wasn't all my fault. It wasn't all my fault. And so it didn't get me anywhere. It took uh, getting a spiritual sponsor that really knew the big book, um, it took me to step nine. And I realized that I still had the resentments and I still had um, the blame and I knew that I had to make another amends. Uh, I never blamed them in my amends, but I, I didn't make it. I didn't do a good enough job because I was still having resentment. And and still blaming 
yes, I still was mentally and, and emotionally unhealthy. And I had a hard time um, controlling my emotions when I was manic. But um, the last couple of years with vision, I've settled down quite a bit with the, well, with the right medication, I guess, too, and also the swing of my moods. But I, I don't blame them anymore because they are who they are, and they're sick also. Oops, my warning. Okay, <laughs> with that, I'll pass. Thank you. <laughs> Thank you, Suji. Karen T., followed by Kristen R. Hello, this is Karen T. Can I be heard? Yes. Great. Karen recovered from Louisiana. Um, uh, yes, we were like a tornado and we hurt a lot of people. But I want, love this line, we ought to sit down with family and, frank, and frankly analyze the past as we now see it. So I did the frank analyzing in step four and with the help of someone in step five. And I really did see my part in it in a different way. It did change how I saw the past, that step four process. And step six and seven helped with that big time also. So by the time I get to steps eight and nine, I want to share this new way of seeing the past. Let me give an example. During my fourth relapse, uh, where I was actually my highest weight, I had been in OA for eight years and I was in relapse. And... um, I was miserable, and I took it out on my husband. I hated myself. I hated that I couldn't get um, abstinent again. I hated that I had been abstinent in the past. I hated that I was at my highest rate ever, and I was just awful. But when I was in relapse, I couldn't see that. It was all my husband's fault, all my husband's fault. I like to say I was a blame-seeking missile when he happened to be closest, and so I would hone in on him and strike him because I didn't want to take the blame myself. I wanted to find something outside of me that I could blame, and he was just handy. So when I did the step work and I was able to say to him, look, I was just so miserable, Um, and I'm so sorry. And, uh, you know, with God's help, it won't happen again. But anyway, this this seeing it in a different way has been very helpful. Um, another one was with my parents. Uh, they had uh, lied. I had lied to them in high school all the time, just told them whatever, because I felt they were too controlling. And when I frankly analyzed my past, I saw that, Parents of high school age kids do need to know where their daughter is. Parents of high school kids are responsible for them. I was, I had some responsibility to my parents as their daughter to tell them the truth. And they were supposed to watch out for me. And I was reckless and needed the discipline of my parents. So I was able to um, say to them, I wasn't a good daughter. Instead of saying to them, you were overbearing, which is what I had felt previously. So then I could frankly analyze the past as I now see it with them. 
and um, they took it well. My mother said, look out, you have a kid now. So that was pretty funny. Um, and uh, that's proven to be true. <laughs> so, um, but And then this patience, tolerance, Thanks. kindliness, and love. That's four that's words I had to memorize and use on a daily basis. And with that, I pass. Thank you. Thank you, Karen. Kristen R., followed by Kathleen No. Hi, I'm Kristen R. I'm a compulsive overeater in Virginia. Um, can I be heard? Yes, I can hear you. Okay, thank you. Um, yeah, this, this passage has been particularly important to me um, in the last year. Every morning I've added um, that last sentence to my prayers, please help me show my family patience, tolerance, kindliness, and love. Not because the people I live with are so difficult, but because I have the deep roots of selfishness in me that every morning I need to wake up and start all over again asking for patience, tolerance, kindness, and love. Um, but what strikes me about this passage is that the people who wrote this clearly knew that this was not a one-time thing, that just going to family members and saying, oh, real sorry about what happened, feel really bad, making direct amends um, was important, but that these things were going to be living amends. Um, these were going to be ongoing. So the, where it says there's a long period of reconstruction ahead. So they know. Families don't heal overnight. And the wreckage that I created myself, which was absolutely stunning and surprising to me when I first did this because you know, I thought I was the victim. I was the martyr. I was the good mother. I was, you know, doing everything right. And every, you know, everything else, everyone else um, was at fault, including my small children, including my husband, my mother, my sisters. You know, I was a victim. But I now realize that um, if I was a victim, it was because I chose that role. No one was victimizing me except me. I was the one putting myself in that role. Um, and that the people I was living with, thank God that they had patience, tolerance, kindness, and love for me. Um, because without that, I would have been completely lost. Um, so I'm very grateful today that, um, you know, these defects of, of my family that I used to think were so awful um, are actually my defects. They were just mirrors to me. They were just mirrors, and I could look in that mirror and say, I don't like that you have this defect, but, oh, my gosh, I have it ten times more. You know, you seem to be selfish. Well, guess what? I'm a million times more selfish. Um, and that's not to beat myself up. That's to take responsibility and so that I can turn that selfishness over and ask for patience, tolerance, kindness, and love every single day. Because for whatever reason, as I've heard on this line before, I turn into a pumpkin at midnight, I forget everything, and i got to start all over first thing, 5 a.m. in the morning. And um, I try to do that. Sometimes I do it well, sometimes I do it terribly. But I'm here and I'm trying. So thanks for letting me share. I pass. Thank you, Kristen R. And now I have Kathleen O. followed by Sherry K.B. Kathleen? Star one, Kathleen. Good morning, Sylvia. Thank you. This is Kathleen O. Um, Recover compulsive overeater in California. And you know, when I first read this paragraph about the 
tornado. And um, I could totally relate, not to myself, but um, to an alcoholic in my life. It's like, oh, my gosh, that fits this person to a T. Um, you know, going on a binge, wreaking all sorts of havoc, waking up the next morning. It's like, oh, ain't it grand the, ain't it grand the wind stopped blowing? And not even either not knowing or caring or remembering or whatever. Um, and so when I went through these steps and applied it to myself and I started making amends, I thought, oh, that's not me. You know, I know what that's like for an alcoholic, but that's not me. Then I realized, you know, that is me. I have been the tornado. Um, you know, my, my husband wouldn't refer to me as a tornado, but he'd refer to me as a freight train coming that he couldn't stop. And, you know, this, this, um, controlling and manipulative behavior I had, um, which, you know, came from being selfish and self-seeking. It's like, you know, I know what's right and it's going to be my way. And, um, and so I stepped on a lot of toes and, you know, I created relationships that weren't that great with my stepchildren, my husband, people I worked with. Um, so in making amends, I, you know, I, I did make amends, but the main part for me was the living amends of of not feeling like I needed to be in control all the time and I need to, needed to tell people what to do and how to live their life and how to act. And, um, and there was so much peace and serenity that came with letting go of that. And, you know, practicing patience, kindness, tolerance, and love, that is my mantra. I say that every morning in my prayer and meditation, you know, please help me be this way. Please help me be patient and kind and tolerant and love, loving. And when I find that I want to maybe tell someone what to do or control a situation or, or you know, someone's cutting me off in traffic and I, I want to react, I just like pause and say, you know what, this is my, this is my time today to practice being patient and tolerant. Um, and it's, it's, it makes the day go so much more smoothly. And I don't have to get all crazy, and the people around me don't have to be all crazy. So thank you. With that, I pass. Thank you, Kathleen O. and Sherry KB. Good morning, Sylvia. Good morning, everybody. Sherry KB in Northern California. Grateful you're covered compulsive eye reader. Thank you so much for your service, Sylvia. And uh, here we are, um, step nine, looking at uh, the tornado. I love I love this every time I read it. Ain't the grand, ain't the wind grand, Ma. Sorry. <laughs> Anyhow. Um, so, um, roaring his way through the lives of others. Um, you know, that's what I did. I roared my way through wanting my way and trying to control people that I loved, thinking it was the right thing to do. Um, you know, when I look for years, for, it says for so shockingly treated, um, you know, since I've been doing this work and I've been doing a lot of 11 steps, you know, every day, um, I'm really seeing how the thinking the, that goes on between my ears was really the problem. Um, and for years when I did read this book, I always thought of my loved one and not me at all. I couldn't, I was like, no, this isn't about me. This is about him. That's what he did. He roared his way through my life and blah, blah, blah. And you know what? I internalized so much stuff. I was like the queen of blame. I blamed everything and everybody around me, and I never took responsibility for my part. And um, until I did the steps this way in this book, I could never see my part. And so whenever I used to read this, I used to think it was all about them or about him. 
And so it's, you know, when I look at my my behavior, when I, I was in food blackouts, like the alcoholic was in a blackout, I was in food blackouts. And um, and I, whenever anything bothered me, I just ate over everything. And I thought that, you know, that was that was okay. And it wasn't okay. So I, you know, I was inconsiderate. I was selfish. Um, I was always trying to control. Control was also like um, a drug for me. And uh, and then here it says on the top of the page that I must take the lead. In other words, taking the lead to change my behavior and not wait for the other person to change their behavior, to take full responsibility for what I did, and to not criticize um, and to be responsible to clean up, you know, to clean, keep things clean, keep my side of the street clean, and not even talk about their side. And to, you know, I love this. This is a prayer right here. It says, um, asking each morning in meditation that our Creator show us the way of patience, tolerance, kindness, and love. And, you know, throughout this book, that's what it says. Love, patience, and tolerance is our code. And I do wake up every morning thinking about how I can be more loving, patient, tolerant, and kind. And that includes being in the car. And that includes being out in the world, especially with people I don't know. Because I used to pretty act out whatever I wanted to when somebody didn't know who I was. And um, that has changed so much for me. And thank God for this program and thank God for my higher power. And with that, I pass. Thank you. Thank you, Sherry KB. I'll start another list in a minute. But first, we're going to have a an announcement by Kathy Joe P. Kathy? Good morning, visionaries. This is Kathy Jo P., a recovered compulsive overeater in Minneapolis, Minnesota. I'm on the line today to ask you all if you've registered for the upcoming A Vision for You Big Book Convention. You do not want to miss this one. There are just 17 days until registration closes. The Power of the Big Book, a weekend of inspiration, education, motivation, and fellowship. I just found out that three more Minnesota fellows are going to attend this great conference. September 15 to 17, 2017 at the Liberty International Airport Marriott Hotel and Convention Center in Newark, New Jersey. Our sister hotel just a mile away has double rooms available for us visionaries and provides a 24-hour shuttle. When you make your reservation, please mention a vision for you or they will say they are full. If you registered for a room elsewhere, I invite you to move over to the Renaissance so that you can get all the conference perks and get more fellowship. If you have a room at the Marriott and you no longer need it, please contact Melanie C. to transfer your room to another fellow. We do not want to release these precious rooms because we are certain another fellow would love to have your blocked out spot. All details and registration for both the convention and hotel are found at www.avisionforyou.info. There's also a link there to our convention goers community bulletin board where you can get all kinds of information about ride shares, outings, cost saving tips, and even roommates. I'm going to tell you all I invite you to go to that page play around, and maybe God will help you make it work. I didn't think I was going three weeks ago, and I'm going. Now back to this compelling big book study and sharing, Sylvia. Thank you. Thank you, Kathy Joe P. So now let's get another list. I can take maybe up to uh, six people to share Ginger on, C. on page 82. Jim K. Jim K. 
Jeanette. M. Jim, Jim okay. K. Ashley I've got, P. <laughs> I've got Ginger C. I've got Jim K. I've got Ashley P. I think, were you in there, Sima? Yes. Okay, I've got Sima. And then, uh, who did I miss? Terry H. Terry H. Jeanette G. Jeanette G. That's probably all I can take. We'll see. Ginger C, Jim K, Ashley P, Sima M, Terry H, and Jeanette G. Ginger. Good morning, Sylvia. Can you hear me? I can. Good morning. Thanks for your service, and welcome to everyone on the line, especially the newcomer. I'm Ginger C, recovered in Colorado. And I just cannot give a bigger shout-out that uh, this nine-step work is so vital for our recovery. You know, we know we lack power, and anything that's blocking me to that power, I'm probably going to end up picking up again. And I saw really clearly the resentment I had with my mom in all the years. No wonder I kept relapsing 20 years in OA. I hadn't done the work. I thought I had because I went to therapy forever. And, you know, it was like Pandora's box. They were trying to open and get to this place and heal this place. And it just wouldn't open. It would not open. And then by the grace of God, the fork got put down, the food got put down. I got honest completely, 100%. I was willing to say goodbye and have that funeral with this friend of mine that I've had since I was in early childhood. And then I followed these clear-cut directions. I leaned into this work. I trusted my sponsor, and I worked hard. I worked fast. And it's unbelievable what can happen when we just surrender. And I have to tell you, I had such resentment with this mother of mine, and it was by doing this work and making an amends to her, a true amends, an open-hearted amends, with a helpful and forgiving spirit, that my life completely changed. I was finally released from a story, a pain of the past that was dominating and ruling every aspect and angle of my life. And then yesterday I got a call from my mother because of this work that I was able to do with my higher power. And I got to hear that she has cancer. And I got to be a daughter. I got to be of maximum service like this book has taught us to do because of the work that God and I did by doing this nine-step work. And it's unbelievable. I couldn't believe my presence and how I was on that phone call. And then to see the possibilities now as she's looking with her health issues and what her dance is with God. I just get to dance alongside her. I don't have to be a tornado and wreak havoc and think of Ginger's agenda with this. I don't know what's best for her, but I know that I can be with love and tolerance and I can be available to her now. And that is life-blowing to me. That is like beyond my wildest dreams because all I had was anger and resentment with this mother that left me when I was five years old for a bottle and a man because she sought outside from her higher power and she thought that's where the answers lied. So I just can't emphasize enough, if you're new especially or you're struggling, just, just get the food down. Get the food down so God can come in. And it's not far because down deep within each and every one of us is God. It's just that i got to stop blocking that message by seeking outside effects. 
So I'm so grateful for this work. I'm just blown away yet once again. And you will be amazed before you're halfway through. And with that, I pass. Thank you, Ginger C. I have Jim K. followed by Ashley P. Can I be heard? Yes, thank you. Hi, this is Jim Kay, and I'm a recovering uh, food addict and possible leader in West Virginia. First of all, thank you for your service, and uh, all the people who have been on the line for sharing their kernels of wisdom that really helped me in my recovery. Um, I was the tornado in my family, and uh, uh, it was interesting. I, I controlled everything. Um, and since being in this fellowship, uh, I have changed. And people have come up to me and said, man, you've changed. What, what's, you're different. And it's just so, uh, so neat to be like that. Uh, because uh, of all the help from all, all the people. But uh, we went on a family uh, trip uh, not too long ago, and it was uh, myself, my wife, my daughter, and my granddaughter. And uh, in the past, I would have uh, controlled everything and done all the things I wanted to do, and who cares about everybody else? Uh, this particular uh, time, I made sure that everybody else got to do what they wanted, and it worked out just beautifully. The, there was... Uh, uh, the the four of us got along uh, together, and everybody seemed to be really happy. So it was just a, just a wonderful experience, and it's all a result of you know being in this fellowship. You know, I've made some changes, and uh, I'm learning uh, that uh, patience, tolerance, kindness, and love uh, are just so important. And it just uh, it's so it's so wonderful to be able to manifest these uh, particular characteristics uh, to others. And with that, I'll pass. Thank you, Jim Kay. Ashley P. followed by Sima. Uh, hi, this is Ashley P. recovered in Northern California. Can you hear me? Yes, Ashley. Thank you. Um, so first of all, uh, thank you everybody for your service. Thanks, Sylvia, for your service um, and for the opportunity to share. Yeah, this is um, a big paragraph. And what uh, stood out to me this morning was uh, their defects may be glaring, but the chances are that our own actions are partly responsible. Um, my mom was here this weekend, and uh, whenever I'm I'm with my mom, I I generally uh, feel like I'm I'm just floored by by all of these defects of character and um, all of these things that that come up, and um, I want to just sit there and like point them out, <laughs> and uh, I. Because of this step, I'm given um, the the opportunity to to not do that and thank thank God for this program and thank God for um, the pause that I get because instead of reacting and instead of sitting there and pointing about this or that or you did this or you did that or this is still happening, um, I ask myself where I was dishonest, where I was selfish, where I was self-seeking and where I was afraid then and now, because um, if I'm thinking about all the stuff that's that happened then, it's it's also probably coming up again now. And that pause um, is sort of this this chance to work on myself, and and in that I develop a willingness to to see my part, um, to apologize for it, and um, then to behave differently so that the past doesn't get repeated. Um, I'm also given this grace where I can see my mom um, with and her behavior 
uh, with tolerance and, and patience. Ashley, I think we just lost you. Maybe star one, see if you can come back. I think we lost you, Ashley P. Um, we can come back. Sima, are you there? Sima M. Sima M star one. Hi, can I be heard? Yes, go ahead, Sima. Okay, hi. This is Sima M. from New Jersey, Grateful Compulsive Overeater Living in Recovery. I hear so many people speaking of their mothers. My mother passed 11 years ago, but she was at the age of 93. Uh, and I was going to share on my husband, but um, I'm thinking of how, even though I say I'm not happy with my husband and I'm not grateful for my husband. We've been married for 38 years and I don't know what keeps us together because he's always criticizing me and yelling at me. Um, uh, that he was the one that when I met him made me appreciate my mother and uh, opened up the whole uh, 25 years that we had together after I met him. So even in the difficulties, there are always blessings. Um, and I was reminded of that today. And that shows the goodness that is in him and the, uh, the possibilities that lie ahead if I'm only open to them. Uh, and the happiness that can lie ahead if I keep digging down and growing in this program. And I thank all of you for sharing and waking me up to that fact today. I'll pass. Thank you, Sima. Terry H. followed by Jeanette G. Hi, everyone. My name is Terry H., Recovered Compulsive Eater in North Carolina. Very grateful today. Um, the alcoholic is like a tornado roaring his way, roaring his, roaring his way through the lives of others. You know, that was me. Tornadoes are short, quick, and very powerful. And in my life, in my early life, I was that tornado. I would come into connection with people, wreck havoc, and then run away. And, you know, I did not know how to connect and live, you know, and participate in life. Um, and so I would just run away. And I was very selfish and inconsiderate when I did that. Um, you know, I am very grateful for the um, 12 steps in the work that I have done in recovery and the opportunity to work with my sponsor who's recovered and, and go through the steps. And, you know, making my amends with my immediate family and, those, and you know, my selfishness and my inconsiderate and running away and isolating you know, coming back and just the willingness to work through the steps and getting to that piece where, you know, I sat down with each of my family members and made that amends, you know, and really the amends, not telling them I'm sorry. That was part of it, not just apologizing, but 
letting them know that I want to do it differently. I don't want to run away anymore. I want to make that connection. I want to be present and participate and have all, you know, all of it. And so that, you know, that was really important to me, you know, just to, to let them know that I do want to participate and I want to do it differently. And, you know, that was just a great, a great piece of my recovery for me to work through that fear and that shame and just to be able to do it. Uh, and I couldn't do it without God's help. The sentence where it says, yes, there is a long period of reconstruction ahead. You know, I'm in that process now in my family of reconstructing relationships. And it is a long period. My sponsor often reminds me of this page, page 83, first sentence at the top, a long period of reconstruction. And just a little funny, you know, we talk about this in our face-to-face meetings. And when the sentence comes up, people giggle. And it's a miracle that we can even giggle when we talk about this long period of reconstruction because we want it now. That's our culture. That's our society. We want it now. We want it to happen now. And so we do have to go through this long period. And, you know, just the willingness each day to show up and participate and be present is all miracles from God and my higher power by, as a result of working this program, working the, the steps, and having a spiritual experience with my higher power. And I'm very grateful for that. And I pass. Thanks. Thank you, Jeanette. I've got time for maybe two two-minute shares. Um, who would like to be added to the list? That, was Jean- that wasn't Jeanette. I'm Jeanette. Oh, I'm sorry. I didn't Jody check the right e. box. Q? Jeanette. That's okay. I think that was <laughs> And then Jody E.Q. So Je- Jeanette, go ahead. I apologize. No problem. I thought, wait, did I share? Um, I'm a recovering compulsive <laughs> overeater in California. My name's Jeanette. And thank you all for um, being on, on the line and of service. And um, yeah, the tornado. I um, know that I've shared often that when, before I came into program and even at the beginning, I was like the queen of hearts in Alice in Wonderland, like off with their heads and like asking no questions, just, you know, um, storming through life and being that tornado. And you know, this program, especially doing um, a 10, 11, and 12 step um, consistently and my 11 step um, spiritual disciplines have helped me to have that pause because my disease is such a disease of hatred, anger, aggression towards myself and towards others um, that I really have to do those spiritual disciplines, my recovery disciplines of an 11 step and being in meetings and, you know, other tools that I use um, to be able to have patience, tolerance, kindliness, and love for myself. And then when I have that, I can have it for others, you know, and sometimes that um, love and kindliness to myself is getting out of myself, you know, when I'm in that space of um, feeling in a mood like I have been the last couple of days, emotional built up happening, and then a sponsee calls and, you know, and being kindly and loving um, to myself and to my my fellows is by picking up that call and being of service. And, you know, I am such a selfish person to where I'm like, oh, just make me feel comfortable. But, you know, really those spiritual disciplines of, you know, being of service and all of those things is what leads me to that um, that peace. And I love what I heard and dancing alongside God's plan. So thank you for letting me share. I'll pass. Thank, thank you very much, Jeanette. And Jody EQ, let's, I think you'll fill it out. 
Thank you, Sylvia. Good morning, everyone. This is Jody EQ, grateful, recovered, compulsive overeater, calling in from Florida today. Yes, the tornado. You know, for so many years, I treated my family shockingly. I was so, so obsessed with myself and my eating disorder and trying to recover from it um, that I was very selfish, very self-centered and not considerate of my husband in particular um, and other family members. So I love the the last part of this reading that says every morning, every morning in meditation I ask for the ability to be patient, kind, tolerant, and to clean house with the family. And it is a long period of reconstruction, absolutely. The longer the uh, selfishness went on, the longer the reconstruction will be. But I don't have to despair, and it's not about beating myself up and getting into morbid reflection. It's about trying to set right the wrong. And it, recognizing that I'm, you know, I I am a sick person. I'm spiritually sick as a compulsive overeater. So naturally, I'm going to be, uh, you know, yeah, I'm I'm sick and I am stuck in my sickness. So it's not like I'm unusual or especially evil. I'm pretty typical garden variety compulsive overeater. And I just need to do the best I can to uh, make amends and living amends one day at a time. And that prayer and meditation is especially important for me to tap into because that's where the real change can come. Thank you. With that, I pass. Thank you. And um, thank you to everyone who shared and thank you to Team Wednesday. And please stick around. Uh, we'll close with a reading from the big book on page 164, followed by the serenity prayer. And then we will greet um, newcomers and have announcements. Uh, we'll, let's see, will Christine M. please read A Vision for You? Christine M., uh, star one. Uh, Christine M., we can't hear you. I'd be happy to do that, Sylvia, if it'd be helpful. Please, Melanie. You betcha. Okay. Melanie Clem here, recovered compulsive overeater, calling in from Oregon. Thanks for the opportunity to be service. Our book is meant to be suggestive only. We realize we know only a little. God will constantly disclose more to you and to us. Ask him in your morning meditation what you can do each day for the man who is still sick. The answers will come if your own house is in order. But obviously you cannot transmit something you haven't got. See to it that your relationship with him is right and great events will come to pass for you and countless others. This is the great fact for us. Abandon yourself to God as you understand God. Admit your faults to him and to your fellows. Clear away the wreckage of your past. 
Give freely of what you find and join us. We shall be with you in the fellowship of the Spirit, and you will surely meet some of us as you trudge the road of happy destiny. May God bless you and keep you until then.